Welcome to the Primal Canadians podcast, where you can learn how to solve sophisticated problems with primal wisdom. And now your hosts, the Primal Canadians. Hi, and welcome back to the Primal Canadians. We have a couple of folks joining us here today to talk about bow hunting. So I've invited in uh, a longtime friend of mine, Mike Wirtz, that we grew up together, and Xavier, Xavier Schirtenberger. Uh, both very experienced uh, bow hunters. We've spent a lot of times outdoors and we've done a lot of primal things together. So I think they're a great fit to have on the show today to talk about one of the most primal things that uh, we could probably ever do is uh, hunting with a bow. Yeah, I'm excited. This is going to be fun. I totally, I really have no knowledge of bow hunting or any kind of hunting experience at all. So I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. I think you're going to be a great addition to the show. Well, welcome aboard and thank you for taking the time to be here today. Thanks, guys. It's, uh, super excited. Can't wait to uh, share a few stories and talk bow hunting. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty pumped on sharing a few stories myself and uh, we'll see where this goes. Awesome. Well, uh, what got you guys into bow hunting? What, what's, or what's the thing that really gets you excited about hunting season? What's, what's like the, the thing that really pulls you towards it? I'd say for me, uh, <clears throat> it's the challenge of uh, succeeding in whatever you're hunting uh, and just the thrill of the adventure going out there. And uh, you're, you just engage with the nature and the, the, you connect with animals and just being outdoors, man, there's nothing like it. Yeah. You'll never find anything inside sitting in a house mm-hmm. that you will in nature. You just, you find yourself, I find it's. Yeah. It's where I it's it's where I conquer. I find it's where I find myself. Yeah. So for me, what got me into bow hunting is my dad. Uh, yeah. You guys have met my dad. Um, so yeah, they immigrated here over from Europe, probably in the early eighties, and then they settled up in uh, Camor. So Camor, the Fort Tembo zone, is where I grew up hunting. Okay. And uh, yeah, so the old man taught me uh, a lot about that, and that's where I that's how I got into it. Yeah. But there's got, I feel like there's got to be like a deep passion for it still. Um, and, and I know there is because like bow hunting, it's not like it's different than rifle hunting. It's different than many other things because you got to spend so much time doing it. And I'm sure I've spent a little bit of time doing it. So you guys can probably talk more on this. But how many times do you actually go out or how many times do you spend in the tree stand or on the <laughs> ground uh, stalking before you can actually like even pull, pull the string back, much less make a shot? Well, this season I hunted 45 days um, but I'll tell you the thing about bow hunting and my old man last season I actually apologized bow hunting is more probably more addictive than cocaine it's wow, like okay. the, uh, it's like wow. the uh, it's like the ultimate high so if you're standing five yards and you got a bull moose walking in on you grunting away and your heart is about to go through your freaking throat the adrenaline yeah, like I'm a pure adrenaline junkie and that there has been no closer experience than I have an animal walk in so close, full draw, your heart's pounding out of your chest and this guy's eyes are just bawling at you, just looking at your prime rut. <laughs> that right there, that's that's the real addiction. And yeah. and you're trying not to run and trying not to shit yourself. Oh, it's it's yeah. something else, I'll tell you that. Yeah. That's crazy. I've been probably within uh 15 20 meters of a galloping bull moose that wasn't even really a full size and i tell you the energy was pretty intense so i can't imagine sitting hunkered down in the corner uh trying to get ready to make this shot and have him him or her walk right in on you within like a few yards mm-hmm. it's scary and at the same time so much adrenaline oh. because you don't have no idea what's happening next like it doesn't matter if it's bull or a cow like this season i shot this big old white tail doe she walked up to three yards she almost licked my arrow like it was insane and i said to myself like i had a a sub doe tag so i was like i seen these group of does walk in and i'm like you know what i'm not gonna shoot them unless she gets like five yards i'm just gonna let them walk because it's early on in the season so you don't want to just ruin it you know you don't want to just waste because once you shoot an animal that that tag's done that the whole experience of being outside you know then that's over and done with right yeah. so sometimes it's a hard choice like you i love filling the freezer but sometimes you just pass that opportunity and then that will kick you in the butt yeah. too because you pass all that one shot you won't see an animal the whole rest of the year and you're like man i should have taken yeah. that animal that yeah. day you know 
so, so it's a lot of uh, strategic thinking about like when when to make the shot or... it, it's a chess game yeah. like it's definitely a chess game um mm-hmm. you know with the rut with elk especially elk and moose i find it's a big like whitetail hunters they're on a league on their own like if you talk about what they do out east and they have their own strategy their own setup they have mm-hmm. like six seven stands on one property depending on how the wind goes yeah. and all yeah. that stuff right so it's Cause, yeah because whitetail they're a little bit more keen they're a little bit more cunning than you there is that right yes yes they're uh, well, yeah yeah they're definitely uh more cunning but i would just say they're just more like on edge oh all the they're time. always uh, on yeah. edge <laughs> yeah like, it doesn't matter you could make you they hear a crack it's like they blow and they're gone and it could have been a squirrel right yeah, <laughs> just yeah. startled them they're, like, they're out of there they don't care mm-hmm. right I've, I've noticed that seeing uh white tails like in the wild or or seeing a mule deer a mule deer will lift its head you know and sometimes keep wondering but a white tail I've, i've come up to it and they just if they see me they'll just they're off they're running yeah they want nothing to do with you they are the most skittish animals i i think in our that we have out here in the wild yeah I don't know anything that's as alert as a white-tailed deer yeah no in, in alberta i agree with mike 100 like yeah. nothing's more on edge than a white-tailed deer out here Like interesting you, yeah like you got your elk you got your moose you got your meal but whitetail they're 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 always on edge mm-hmm. it's never an easy shot with them too like no you know finding their patterns whitetail are very pattern like animals but yeah it, you find that big one they're they're big those big ones are they're smart they're, 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 they're smart big for a reason, reason. oh yeah, that's yeah they're big for they, a reason they go where humans don't hang out like yeah. they, they stay away from roads yeah. and yeah. motors and stuff like mm-hmm. they, they're hiding yeah, they pretty much all well, the time it, it's interesting you guys say that because you usually when you when you see deer um when i i look see if it's a mule deer or, or a white or whatever i usually see mule deer is that because there is way more mule deer or is that because uh, the white tails are just more hidden more uh, scared There is probably more whitetail than mule deer that I've noticed. Like I've had a hard time tracking mule deer down right now. Right now. So uh, last, I finally was able to get one in one zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it took me a long time. Like a lot, depending where you hunt too, right? If you're hunting more out east and certain parts, then yeah, you'll find more mule deer than whitetail. But that all comes down to habitat and vegetation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So what about like okay so the bow the bow hunting season that's like three four months about or is that right yeah like it can run as early yeah. as August twenty fifth all the way up to December okay Usually four oh, months wow. something yeah. like that yeah so yeah. so do you care about the weather I'm sure the weather plays a role as well as like uh, the rut and that kind of stuff is there anything else that you kind of look at or, or kind of uh, that's that's better for you more ideal to go out hunting uh wind wind is a huge yeah. factor when you're bow hunting you got to play the wind like okay. those animals you know seeing hearing are one thing but if they smell you especially with bull elk especially oh, with elk in general you you know like they don't care if you're moving around making noise that's what elk do right but if they smell you they're gone they want they're they're uh, they're already up on the next hump they yeah. got such long legs that they could yeah. haul right <laughs> yeah and it's so tough in the mountains because mm. the the wind changes constantly it's constantly yeah. swirling on you so yeah. it, it's a matter of luck a lot of the time like right yeah yeah, yeah. playing the thermals you're you're mm. playing the wind going in but once you're in there it's anything can happen yeah, yeah swirl so much in the trees in the mountains yeah and then each you know the mountains have their own weather system you can't really predict all the time what's going to go down right versus out in the prairies yeah you know so wow yeah so so bow hunting uh, bow hunting against rifle hunting like you obviously have to be far closer with a bow than than with a rifle to make the shot yes yeah like rifle hunting the nice thing about rifle hunting is that you know you can have a a nice big old bull 300 yards away and take a beautiful shot and yeah boom right you hit that animal and you know that animal's not going hopefully not going very far right and yeah it's, it's done with but there's not as much of an adrenaline rush as there is with bow hunting and with uh with the bow hunting also it's that closer encounter right, right yeah but with that closer encounter there's more you so we talk about being ethical um rifle hunting is more ethical than bow hunting because you aim you shoot it it's dead right mm-hmm. because you take a lot of weight you, there's less chance of error being involved if you've done the right steps pre-season cited in your rifle yeah yeah, you know, in a way. yeah yeah now 
the difference between bow hunting and rifle hunting is that when you kill an animal through rifle hunting, you're shooting them and you're killing them through shock mm -hmm. versus with bow hunting, you're killing them through hemorrhaging. Yeah. So the meat will I've have found the meat tastes a lot better when you kill an animal bow hunting mm -hmm, than mm -hmm. you do with rifle hunting because there's less adrenaline in the blood. Yeah. But sometimes you shoot a, an animal, they don't know what happened with a bow. Because it just slides in and out, and they just stand there, and they keep eating, and they just sort of yeah. lay down and die, right? They don't yeah. know. There's no shock. There's no fear. Mm -hmm. versus unless, what, unless they heard the, the string go or something like that, they yeah. usually don't know. They don't, they don't know what's going on, right? So that they're just bleeding out, yeah. right? Worse versus that, air, that bullet hitting and that impact. It's just shocking the whole system, and right. there's a lot more damage. And the bang, the bang adding to the trauma. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. So wow, that's uh, that's actually one of my questions. I, I assumed there would be a much different. Uh, um, the meat would be a lot different from an animal getting hit by a gun to an animal getting hit by a bow. I find that there's more spoilage uh, from the meat when you shoot it with a rifle because oh, there's a lot more yeah. blood clot, right? There's more dirty, okay. yeah. There's a lot more clotting involved, yeah. so that that clotted blood goes throughout the system. So you have to cut out more more meat versus yeah. with the bow and arrow. There's not much of that. Yeah. Plus all that gunpowder and all mm -hmm. the the stuff that goes with it that damages the, lead. the meat, the lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's. Yeah, you want to. You don't want to get that in the system. Yeah, you get quite a bit more damage with a gun. I'd for say. sure. Yeah. yeah, like you shoot out. A, you, you know, most guys I know they'll hit. They'll hit. Uh, they'll, they'll go for a double lung shot, and they'll mm -hmm. usually blow out one shoulder, at least, right? So that whole front shoulder is not. You can't use that because yeah. it's got bone chunks. It's got blood caught, and you can't eat that. Like that's mm -hmm. that's poisonous. Right? Yeah, to a point. Yeah, awesome. Well, I can definitely see why you enjoy bow hunting a lot more, aside from the adventure. Well, the adventure, yeah. yeah. So, so a whole other ball. Yeah, that, that's there. that's a story of its own, right yeah. there. So, so maybe we'll hear a few of those. But one other question um, before: What about like, so if you have a deer within uh, twenty yard, wh what's the furthest shot you've ever taken? What's the furthest shot you've ever taken or would take with a bow? Sixty yards. Okay. But I also shoot like up to eighty yards with my bow. Right, so I'm comfortable shooting 60 yards. Yeah, okay. So I'd probably say 50 for me, normally. I practice mm -hmm. for 30, 40, 50. Over yeah. that, it's my bow's only a 60 pounder, so. Yeah, yeah, okay. Can vary on bigger animals. If you have a. Uh, your string weight's a little bit. Your draw weight. Draw yeah. weight's a little bit longer or okay. more poundage, then further you can normally shoot. But yeah. if you're going for like a moose, it's a little bit different. They got thicker skin mm -hmm, mm -hmm. than uh, than a deer would. It penetrates different. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big. You want you won't want to be. I for me myself, I won't want to be more than forty yards away from a moose shooting a big, big bull moose. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, and and just to be clear, this is all compound bull we're talking about, right? This is it's yeah. going to be a different game again when we're talking about like, uh, um, re the recurve and uh, the what's traditional. The, what's track. the other one? The draw. With the oh, crossbow, 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 oh, crossbow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a whole other ball game. That's going to be a different. Uh, game. That's, that's that's like yeah. shooting a rifle, basically. Yeah, I was <laughs> gonna say. I feel like that's a lot more like rifle hunting than yeah. Than oh bow yeah, hunting. For you're, sure. you're not allowed in Alberta. You're not allowed to shoot a crossbow in bow season. Yeah, unless yeah, so. you're disabled. Okay. Unless you have a certain oh really? Yeah. Unless okay. you have a certain disability. Yeah, you're, you're. That's the only reason why. Yeah, you, Other you than can that, apply. Like, yeah. It's one hundred percent correct. You can't shoot okay. a crossbow in that. bow season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 makes that's, sense. That's right. Yeah, I, I know. I uh, got a good friend that's. Um, he had an injury and he, he got an ap he applied to be able to um, crossbow hunt and he got his got himself approved. So yeah, he can do right. that. I'm not sure what his season is like, but yeah, you, it's kind of an application, I guess, to be able to. Uh, to be allowed to do it yeah there is definitely a process behind it yeah okay yeah so um there's there's the next question um so you have an animal now within 20 yards 30 yards whatever you're comfortable at making the shot um you you can't usually just make the shot right it has to be a certain angle you have to because you're going for there's only certain parts of the animal you can hit if, if i if i'm right and you have to have the right angle to be able to hit that yeah, you want them broadside. Like um, an animal's heart is located right behind their front leg. Okay. A little, couple inches up. Yeah. Mostly on a deer, and that's that's where their heart is. It's you know the size of a small balloon. Yeah. Um, and then right behind that, there's your organs and whatever else. I know I'm, I typically have probably a three-inch radius that I that I go for. Okay. But that's why we practice day after day, like. 
every day when I get a chance, I'll go shoot my bow at a target just to practice mm-hmm. shooting that target. And it, it's all it is. It's repetitions. Yeah, yeah. You do it constantly. You, it's like eating your cereal in the morning. Right. Yeah. You get it on. You get it every time, pretty much. But it's yeah. it's when you don't shoot for a little bit, and then you get back in. And you're like, oh, I suck. It's because yeah. you haven't done it enough. You just gotta keep practicing. And I do. I pretty I pretty much try to go year round. That way, I yeah, yeah. A lot of shape for it. A lot of people, what they'll do is they'll leave it last minute, right? Like mm-hmm. the yeah. season creeps up on them. They haven't taken their bow out all year. Yeah. And then they go down to a place like Jimbo's Archery and they're like, oh, yeah, I want to go shoot this. I got yeah. I got yeah. the, the biggest draw, you know, waited 10 years for this bull moose draw for yeah. archery. Let's go do this. And they haven't shot their bow mm-hmm. all year, right? Yeah. They haven't practiced. They haven't yeah. done anything like that. And mm-hmm. that's when those things with the bow go sideways right you get gut shot yeah. you get misses you mm-hmm, get mm-hmm. you know you, instead of having that textbook double heart or, d- yeah. double lung or heart shot right or uh buying a different broadhead or not practicing with the broadhead because yep. if the broadhead versus the regular tip is going to have different it'll drop quicker or maybe not drop as much or something yeah, yeah. Yes. that's like uh last hunting season i remember we started practicing shooting probably a week before the season and it came to the last day before hunting season and we were practicing you know like we normally do and uh i don't know what happened but i dry shot my i dry fired my bow and it's like oh shoot what happened looked at my cams and they're both bent so you know hunting season hasn't even started yet and my bow's already wrecked oh, man. <laughs> so i'm i'm like pretty down about it but it's like oh you'll be able to get it fixed you know blah blah and i know how getting stuff from Botech is all the way in the states it takes usually a month to get so yeah you can't just fix these things no. but uh <clears throat> long story short i was still able to shoot it like it, it wasn't really out that bad it wasn't bent enough to to the point where it was unsafe to shoot so i was mm-hmm. like uh i'll still go hunt so in the morning me and my buddy joe went out to uh just out of town there to our spot and sure enough this heard a whitetail come running in and you know it was it was actually raining pretty hard so i don't think they seen us and they came running right at us. We just docked low, and one came within 30 yards, and I just pulled her back, too, and and dropped it with my fucked up bow. Yeah, yeah I wow. Couldn't, I could not believe it. So so what was bent? The uh, cams on it on top, like the the cams are... Are those like what? what are those, those are the, the wheels. wheels. Yeah, those are the, the, wheels, okay. the wheels on the bow that, like, when you pull your string back, they'll yeah start extending so just picture like the wheels on a pulley system at the gym yeah right? <coughs> same concept yeah, yeah right similar concept yeah. okay interesting so they can bend when you dry fire it very easily yeah they well i knew, worse I knew dry happen, firing yeah. was bad but that, that's well, not even bad explode, they, yeah, they can like explode yeah. It, yeah bow can explode if you dry fire it. yeah or, the amount of energy going through the string coming off even like mm-hmm. my string was barely hanging on when i pulled it back but yeah it wouldn't pop off so i was like oh, i'll keep shooting it i don't know if it was smart but yeah yeah <laughs> after i shut the deer i just put it away for a month till i had it fixed and yeah i brought her back again yeah, yeah. wow interesting <laughs> cool have you ever had any experiences like that xavier uh, i had the string come off my bow once um i had this i was walking back and it was probably it was just getting dusk and uh had this white tail four by four walk right in front of me it was probably 10 15 yards away and he stumbled a little bit and looked at me and just kept walking drew back and then uh all of a sudden uh my string came off my cams full draw and i was like what happened like arrow fell off and uh yeah i couldn't uh restring it so i had to bring it back to the shop there and get that done and that was that deer's lucky day wow. <laughs> yeah. holy smokes really wow yeah. You, that's what I find, you know, when stuff goes south, it's usually like yeah. when you don't want it to. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's another whole big component of uh, of bow, well, bow hunting with a compound bow is, um, you know, you, you there, there seems like there's more room for error on your tools um, when you're, say, when you're out backcountry for two, three days uh, scouting elk yeah. or something. Do, do, you, do you typically have a backup plan or do you have something with you to be able to fix some of those things or... Uh, there's certain things you can carry, like uh, I, I carry spare deal loops, um, a, a few things. But if anything happens to your string in the field, to that bow, like you're you're done pretty much. Like you pretty much need another. bow. Yeah, you need you need another bow. So if if you brought a backup, well, and yeah, you got a backup plan. But other than that, you're you're pretty much done. Yeah, the ba- the only backup plan for 
a messed up bow is another bow. Yeah. Like you can't, you need a bow press to restring a bow and there's nothing out there in the bush that you can do, use for that. So that's like, that's really worst case scenario. I carry uh, just a multi-tool with some Allen keys and stuff. So if I have to adjust anything, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Like one thing you want to do right before you go out, you know, when you get there, if you have the time, just make sure your bow is on point. That's why I always carry uh, just a little field point like a stump shooter so i can yeah. always make sure everything's on so if i have to make any adjustments or if my bow does drop say you drop it or you hit the site you want to make sure that thing's on so it's so, nice to have one of those on your so, so you got something to do to make a practice shot is that what yes you, okay yeah yeah so i usually carry uh four broadheads and one mm -hmm. stump shooter which is also good for grouse because grouse yeah. are my my enemy basically if i shoot a if i see a grouse i'll i'll shoot all five arrows at the thing like it, i don't care <laughs> like i'll waste the full quiver on a grouse like they just look at you and they're like come on bro what and then challenge it's, uh, and and then it's uh it's for the coyotes or do you eat them as well the grouse oh yeah they're damn tasty wild yeah. chicken yeah. man yeah. i like it yeah you can take those home fry them up a so bit of bacon yes. wow oh, yeah, awesome yeah. bacon wrap that's yeah. the best it's making my mouth water yeah it's <laughs> stuff it's hard to beat yeah awesome uh what about i know mike you've uh, you've bow hunted uh, pigs as well wild pigs yeah they're uh man they're a tough animal to hunt man like i find uh getting in close to them isn't so bad because me and my brother went um last fall actually up to this boar farm north of uh, northern saskatchewan but these guys have it it's like probably 800 acres of fenced off land and uh like man they got some four or five hundred pound monsters in there wow. so 405 oh it, yeah wow. they're amazing and me and my brother were like okay well we got three tags right? let's go fill them so we go pick out the biggest boys on that land like these guys were like you guys want the monsters you got to go way out there so we put our mock boots on and and metal armor we, or <laughs> <laughs> a lot a lot of bow equipment that's let's just say a lot of broadheads and okay i was prepared for a battle uh so the first day we came in in a sow and she spotted us probably within 40 yards and man she she was aggressive right away my brother drew back on her and wiped an arrow at her and hit her right in the lungs and this thing came running at us man like full out charge 10 meters that start 10 meters in front of us it took a sharp 90 degree and fucked off into the trees so we're like holy fuck it's wow. gonna be fun hunt and uh <laughs> ended up having to put three arrows into this thing to drop it but man their kill zone is like the size of a baseball man it's yeah. so small and it's it's it's, it's a little bit lower than i'm used to hunting deer and whatever else like yeah. moose or whatever but these things like their, their their kill zone was a little it, it uh it was unexpected like mm -hmm. so I, I, I couldn't it, seem to couldn't seem to find the spot man we had to put three arrows into each of these things and it was we, we shot them literally like so close to the heart that it could have the arrow could have nicked them but they have the will to live like these things are so freaking tough it's unbelievable yeah yeah they're higher up yeah. in the food chain probably makes a difference oh they're like bears man like they don't they don't die wow it, you gotta, so do they, do they have a smaller heart is, their heart is, is quite a bit smaller, smaller yeah and then probably more fat heavier skin they're the skin's hair. heavier yeah and i didn't do my research that good like i didn't probably didn't have the best broadheads that i could have okay. had for the hunt so that was another thing yeah um but uh i, I found that was actually the biggest my arrows didn't penetrate the way i i expected it to. Mm -hmm. my arrows didn't even go that far into these things man and mm -hmm. i shot them from like 30 40 yards so wow but uh i i couldn't believe how even so, after we shot him like i had three arrows in this pig's organs and that thing still kept going like wow crazy. went into the middle of a slough and, that's and do, do they go do they go right through the one the one went through because i shot him from like probably 20 yards yeah and is, and is this an expandable broadhead or no these are fixed these are fixed broadheads. Okay, i only yeah. use fixed in the field because of uh less chance for error yeah i've had arrows fall apart in the field where when i pulled them out of my quiver half the arrow wasn't wasn't there yeah half the broadhead so like from that time i use i just use fix from there on. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i find just your, your your chances of messing up are less right you're right yeah it's one thing that you can't control if you're in the field so yeah or just pack more broadheads mm -hmm. <laughs> well so there's the other question i had you're talking about like angles and stuff would you ever go for a neck shot with 
No. Maybe not with not not with a deer even. No. If, if you had a clear shot, you wouldn't no. do it. Not no. a chance. That's no. just, that's a bad no. shot. That is not a problem. Not with a bow. If no. you're talking not about ethical, no. Okay. No, no, no. You're just gonna injure the animal. Yeah. Yeah. Because because with a rifle, that's a that's a good shot, isn't it? No. Not even. No. no not no. unless you got a smaller carat caliber, which is really not legal. But yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even consider a next shot. Period. Yeah. No. Okay. So no. it's it's vitals only. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. You learn the real way how to kill an animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And shooting it in the neck's only gonna you're gonna injure it or you're gonna kill it quick. So your chances are your chances are far higher of messing up. Right. Okay. Than they would be shooting it in the vitals. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So how much? Um, and then you probably don't really damage any meat. So if you if you miss the vitals and you got like further back, further down, something like that, what's the chance of that uh, going back to deer? What's the chance of that deer surviving? Well, sorry, I don't understand the question. If you if you missed if you missed the heart okay. um, that you're going for and you were a little bit further back or a little bit further down or something like that, not not like where you hit his hit the bone because then it's probably not just going to injure him. But if it still went into the diaphragm at some area, like through the ribs or whatever, what's the chance of that animal surviving? Is there a good chance that it's falling after a few yards or like a gut shot? Is yeah. that what you're asking for? Yeah, gut shot. Animal can live yeah yeah i almost could live like a week oh yeah yeah so that's just that's the thing so we talk about being you know we were talking about ethical and error and mm-hmm. there's that range for error yeah you know a gut shot animal it will die yeah you know but it's, it's not a matter gonna, of when it's just more a matter of when mm-hmm. right usually mm-hmm. you know and that animal's going to suffer a lot more yeah yeah see i feel like i talked to you about this before and and um that rifle hunting is more ethical than bow hunting and i agree with you it is um there's more there is less room for error uh, there's there's a better chance for kill and that kind of stuff but i really feel that most bow hunters that i know or that i've talked to they're they're a lot more engaged in their shot and what they're going to do so i agree with rifle hunting being more ethical but i think on a large scale like bow hunters are often more ethical than rifle hunters because i feel like rifle hunters they sometimes take a shot uh, and not all of them but i've known some that they'll just take a shot because somebody's in the vicinity or like hey maybe i'll be able to try whereas that's not something i feel a bow hunter would do well yeah because with as a bow hunter you have to put in the equation there's a lot more room for error Mm -hmm. right so yeah that's the thing however mike and i were talking about uh, me missing uh one i last day of the season those four elk that walked in on me so they walked in i was in a tree stand at 40 yards and we're talking about animal reaction time yeah right so we had these four young bulls walk on in and last day i'm at full draw this one bull stands right by a tree that i know is 40 yards and he's looking up around me and i put it put the pin on his heart pull the trigger punch the trigger let it go and that thing was gone before the arrow even got there like they exploded out of there yeah right so as a bow hunter you have to put that equation into effect that these animals are their reaction time is locked it's their and their heightened mm-hmm. sense of awareness that's a big factor so we have to put that in the equation as well right? yeah you know if uh, if that elk wasn't looking up around me it was looking straight ahead might have been a completely different story mm-hmm. right where once again we talk about and i agree like what you're saying but as a rifle when you're rifle hunting those factors aren't as important yeah right yeah totally so uh, a bullet obviously flies a lot faster than an air, than an arrow right yeah. like what double the speed or oh way more than oh, way more than yeah, double the speed yeah. okay like, and an animal's so, reaction time the average whitetail is like 1300 fps my bow shoots at like 291 fps okay wow right? that's so way it's a huge different. difference yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so uh, so we're talking about like you're you're hitting a you're 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 pulling the trigger on the bow at twenty yards. It's gonna take it probably as long to get there as in a gun. It would take what few hundred yards or yeah, some yeah sure sure. I I don't know the uh, the equation on that part. Yeah, yeah. but but that's uh, that's really another reason I guess why you'd want to be so much closer to uh, to yeah. a deer or to to bow hunting. 
um, because the arrow just isn't going to get there quite as fast. Yeah. E- even if you can shoot uh, 80 or 90 yards, you probably don't want to ever make that shot. No, you don't. Really, noise. you don't. Because once you shoot an arrow at that distance, you got to play a lot more factors come in. Wind, uh, any, like, if it hits a branch, that arrow is mm-hmm. going a different way, right? Like, okay. All these things coming into play. Where yeah. you're using kinetic energy up to about 15, 20 yards, like, it'll go straight. Mm-hmm. But after that, like... The, there's a whole other ball game like, yeah, yeah. like I said wind comes in factor so, so uh, that uh, elk could take a step and, and then you gut shot that elk or mm-hmm. right whatever yeah so how often do you actually have a chance for a second shot if you uh, I, and I'm sure it doesn't happen that often but say you did get a gut shot um, how often do you have or do you spend a few days or a few hours like praying him to get another shot or um, well I uh, so it all depends on the animal, right? So you hit an animal, it's going to take off. Mm-hmm. And then I like to give, it doesn't matter how I shot it, I like to give it like at least 15, 20 minutes. And then I'll get out, like if I'm tree stand hunting or if I'm sitting by a tree or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, stock, stalking the animal, I like to give it 15, 20 minutes just to do its thing. And then I'll sometimes even longer, right? Depending on the shot, and then I'll slowly creep up because that will bring the level of awareness and like it's not on edge as much, maybe, right? So to get that second shot, Mm -hmm. right? So yeah, okay. That's the thing with a bull. A lot of the time, you will see um, like where you hit your animal, Mm -hmm. so you can kind of you got a good idea of 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 what it's going to be doing if it's going to be falling down in a hundred meters or if you're tracking it for. Yeah, let's say a couple k. Yeah. If if the blood trail is, if you got a good blood trail, you're like, oh yeah, this thing's going down mm-hmm. here right away. But if you see a splatter of blood here, and you know, a couple couple meters later, you see another one, small small little spots. You're in for a hike, man. You gotta yeah. you gotta track some you got some tracking to do. So yeah. sometimes can be fun. And then if you bump it. That's an all the ball that's game. An, then yeah. it's gone, gone. Because yeah. they might bed down, and this, you're putting a stock on it, trying to find it, and you bump that animal. It could even be a good shot, like double long. It will get up and go. Like yeah. it, oh, yeah. it will they, haul as much until it until it doesn't have any more blood in them, right? Mm-hmm. They'll just keep going and going and going. That's survival. Yeah, yeah. That's their instinct, that normal instinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. survive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so what is your guys? I want to hear you guys' best hunting story. Best hunting stories. Bow hunting story. Ooh, best yeah. bow hunting story. Hmm. There's a lot of them. Um. Well, like, do like do they have to be successful? Not successful? Like, uh, what whatever brought you the most thrill? Whatever whatever, oh. thinking about is just excites you the most. Or well, for I mean, me, maybe it was even a good lesson. I don't know. Oh, I've got a bunch of those because I've been I've been bow hunting like <laughs> good lessons. I, I got I got I got stories upon stories for good lessons. Yeah. Uh, you got a new story every time you go out yeah. because it, it's literally like you fail you fail doing this ninety five percent of the time. Well, yeah, how, That's how the crazy about this? Part. Like, um, like what like a typical uh, bow hunting experience? Like a typical you know for for the average bow hunter, what would happen for him? Like a story like that? Maybe well, not where you climb. You know a mountain for 10k something like more more general of of what a kill was like for you so we're talking about a successful harvest is that yeah okay yeah let's talk um about that. yeah i was out uh just last season i got my first moose so i've been putting in for moose draw since i was 16 years old um i got my first moose draw when i was 16 didn't get anything six years later didn't get anything that's but yeah six years later didn't get anything so I, every six years I was successful to draw. Last season I bought an over-the-counter archery at Moose Tag and I was hunting down south. I won't say what zone. <laughs> but I was hunting down there and uh, I was just out for a walk and I put, I, I know there's, I had done a lot of scouting, I know there's a lot of moose in the area um, and I'll stumble upon these five whitetail. And I got a, a supplemental doe draw for that zone, so I'm like, I'm gonna put a stock on these whitetail. This is this is gonna go down, and I'm stalking these whitetail, and all of a sudden, behind them comes this cow moose, just trotting, just ripping by them, and I'm like, forget the whitetail, I'm going after this thing right here, like it's game on. Yeah. So I ran, and I was like, this this moose is gonna go to the next draw probably, and I'm gonna head that way. So I hauled butt down there, and she's coming in. I see her, she's coming in, and her she, once again, just, this is like perfect scenario. She stops, 
and her head is right behind a tree, so she can't see me coming. Yeah. And I'm like, I guarantee you, I'm like, she's going to hear me. She's going to get the hell out of here. Because that snow is crunchy. It just snowed. This is just in October when it snowed there. Okay. And I'm trying to sneak up, and your heart is, like, in your throat. Like, it's yeah. pounding for me. Like, boom, 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 boom. And you're trying to stay calm. You're trying to keep every all your nerves relaxed and breathe. Breathing's huge at this point. And I, I range her, and I... Uh, draw back and I put an arrow in her and I thought I missed it was just the way she took off I was like oh no I missed her oh man because you just hear the smack boom and she explodes out of there and then um, I wait you know just like I was saying I waited like 15-20 minutes I waited and I went down I looked I'm like okay there's no blood here couldn't find the arrow though so that means the arrow might have been stuck inside of her right so I'm looking I'm looking and I track her into this field and I start finding a lot of blood I'm like oh this could be really good and then I see her bedded down there and I took another shot at 15 yards i was able to sneak up on her and then she did a little flip and she didn't get up from that yeah but yeah that i my leg was trembling i was i almost cried like yeah. it was it was quite the quite the adrenaline rush wow. and also it was a big emotional accomplishment for me because mm -hmm. since i was 16 and trying to get a moose yeah you yeah know, and failing and failing and failing like six years before that Oh, we went out up opening day for rifle season. We saw one bull moose seven yards, yeah. seven hundred yards away. Yeah, my, I couldn't take that shot with mm -hmm. my rifle, right? So we tried to creep up on him. He was gone, and the rest of the season we didn't see one moose. Yeah, right. Which wow. is really typical. Yeah. If you don't make the, sh if you don't try to close it opening day, it gets substantially harder and harder every oh, time yeah. you go. Yeah, out, yeah, right. Because because I th I feel like uh, well I know this is true uh, that. The, the deer get onto it like towards in, especially into the rifle season they know they're a lot more skittish when they even just see people oh yeah they're definitely more educated what's going on around yeah them, right so that means you got to try to get farther away yeah you know farther away mm -hmm. from everyone else maybe hiking that extra five six k in the back yeah. country and find and going where other people won't go because that's yeah. where the bigger animals are too mm -hmm. right because I've also noticed this, like in parks, for example, like I, I'm sure the animals in the parks are a lot different, but I know there's some that will go in and out of parks. And I think they know that during hunting season, they're safe in the park. They're not going to get shot at. Oh, for sure. Oh, the know. elk in Canmore, like in the Bozo, yeah. they're they're going straight to Banff National yeah. Park and they're eating, or they're going up to like Stewart Creek, yeah. you know, the golf course, and they're hanging yeah. out up there. It's, it's like a luxury winter resort for those guys. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, no like problems. I'm, like, like I've, I've drove around and like, you know, during hunting season, whatever, and I'm, I'm getting to know like the zones and which areas you can and can't hunt, what's park. And then you just can't see these animals. And then all of a sudden you soon get into the park. They're everywhere. Yeah. Or sometimes even, and I know this is especially with sheep. I don't know if there's much sheep hunting in southern Alberta, but they always hang around the road. And then when you're out hiking and stuff, you can't find sheep. Because yeah. I think they know that they can't get shot at when oh, they're yeah. within a certain distance from the road. And another problem now that, so growing up in the Bow Valley, for example, we it used to be all open. Like it, yeah. the, the elk were able to, travel freely yeah. now they put up these high fences right so the elk don't migrate migrate the way they usually do yeah they've only put up a couple like little overpasses for them okay and the elk don't use them all the time mm -hmm. so they've changed the migrating the migration pattern of these animals now yeah. sure they've always stayed in the bow valley but maybe they used to go on to the east side instead of the west side in the winter time or they moved around a lot differently so you know us as people we've changed all that Right? Yeah. And we're not fully conscious all the time. We've sort of stopped their winter migration route. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I, I think we do. We mess a lot with elk migration. Um, say, like, you're talking about sleds, for example. Yeah. Like, all this sledding that's going on in the mountains. Um, I think that, like, that, that does a lot of harm, stuff, right? yeah, to our, uh, to, uh, to elk, the elk population. Because <clears throat> you're making, the way I see it, and I do a lot of studies about this kind of stuff. But uh, you're you're making a trail for wolves to access sure. to mm -hmm. get to these Interesting. animals. Interesting, yeah, yeah. Where normally wolves would not go out of their way to go in three feet of snow to go hunt. You know, it's too much yeah. work. They'll yeah. go hang out in their little area. They won't bug yeah. them. Wow. Wolves are, but they have access now. These mm -hmm. sleds are giving them access to go out into the woods or wherever yeah. their tracks are. Because mm -hmm. sledding's everywhere, yeah. man. You go on crown land out here, it's, yeah, it's yeah. covered with tracks. Yeah. That's fascinating. And, uh, I, I think it's uh, that's one thing I don't. I said, nobody talks about too. But yeah. I, like I don't even know if people, a lot of people know that that mm -hmm. they're even doing this. But uh, yeah, I, I think it has a big, uh, big it's it's big impact yes. on our population. Like, now, like, yeah, 
you look at Vancouver Island, like the wolves of the wolf population, like Alberta, we've got a wolf problem as well. But on the island, their population has exploded because they've taught themselves how to hunt on the logging roads. Yeah. So they don't hunt in the bush. They just follow the logging roads. And really? They use that because it's a lot easier to yeah. get through, right? Yeah. An, any animal will use the easiest path possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're not going to go out of the way to find the hardest part to travel through. Of right? course, yeah, yeah. So wolves figure that out. Yeah. So the packs mm-hmm. are hunting all... It's the same yeah. thing in Alberta. They hunt the logging roads mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier for them to find anything. Yeah. Right? Wow. Well, especially especially wolves and coyotes, I think they're so adaptable in that in that line. Like they'll they'll they'll, they'll change their location, they'll change whatever if it's easier for them to hunt. Yeah, wolves are so bloody smart. They're oh, they lead every day. They lead every day, yeah. man. They'll eat. They'll kill an elk, and they'll yeah. be on the tracks of another herd the next day if they got access to get there. Yeah, it's just how relentless they are. Yeah, they don't give up there. They're impressive. They're a very impressive animal, but that's mm-hmm. all. The problem with the wolves in Alberta, now we've just got too many of them. Like there used to be a really big bounty on them in Alberta. Yeah. Bounty's gone down, but still there's, yeah. And a lot of people, they don't understand the whole concept about predator, predator control, right? But yeah. they don't, those people are just uneducated, mm-hmm. I find, right? Like there's a there's a lot more to things than black and white, I, I believe. Right, yeah, yeah, totally. It's, I, I fully agree. They're the people that are uh, talking about other people talk eating meat and shooting all these deer and all that kind of stuff. Those yeah. are the people that want wolves to live. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's, it's on education, one hundred percent. Like, like you said, yeah. I find it's typical if you if you choose one side to something, then you're kind of completely closed off to the other side. Yeah, kind yeah. Of thing. it's either there's no uh, like. I mean, I. I enjoy bow hunting. I enjoy eating wild animals. There's obvious health benefits, and and there's I mean that's it's part of the food chain to eat. The deer have always been that part of the food chain for other uh, species to eat. Oh yeah. Uh, deer have the genetics for when there's a lot of them being hunted this year. There's going to be a lot of twins next year. Um, that's one of the things that I learned uh, in, in in learning about hunting. You know, if there's a lot of bucks being killed uh, this year in the zone, there's a good uh, the next spring. There's going to be a lot of male deer being born, and I think that's that's a lot of the times something that kind of gets disregarded. Or and there's a lot of stuff that gets disregarded when you th- when you see something as good or bad. But I mean, I think bow hunting and eating animals has always been. Uh, part of human existence a part of evolution and it's far more ethical and far cleaner to do than um, raising cattle in a feedlot and you know pumping them full of antibiotics and medications and uh, you know not giving them a life yeah well so i i I think that should be easy to understand for most people on you know the the purposes and the the ethical part of bow hunting because that animal's always had a free it's had a free life his whole life it's done what it's wanted all his life Whereas that cow that we're butchering on March the 17th, you know, it's never had a free life. It maybe yeah. was out in the pasture for a little bit, but it was always living in fear. Yeah, a lot of people, they just, these days, don't understand where, they're not part of the food process. They don't understand mm-hmm. where the meat comes from. They just go to the store, buy this meat that's been wrapped up, and they don't understand what's happened. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they've just, they just buy, you know, and it's very important it's to me in my mind that people understand where the food comes from, you know, 100%, because yeah. if you don't understand where your food comes from, then you're disassociating yourself from that food chain. Right? Mm-hmm. Like 100%. if we all had to hunt still, there's a lot of people that have just become vegetarian, yeah. <laughs> like straight up. Like I don't see a lot of people going out doing what we do, you know, yeah. and it's a fact it's, it's a lot harder, right? But I'm not saying that it's not. And it's not a nice thing. It's not. Um, it's not bad to buy your food from the grocery store. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. All I'm saying is that people need to understand more where the food comes from and yeah, be associated I, I with that. I think most more. people, if they understand like where that chicken, uh, maybe not chicken breast, but the T-bone steak came from, I think most people wouldn't eat it. Yeah, sure. Like, and like it's a part. It's part of an animal. Like you know. But if you say like, for example, I'm a big fan of organ meats, but. Uh, when I talk about organ meats, people have a huge block with eating organ meats because of certain associations. But if you label something as the liver, they don't want to eat it or the 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 gizzard or, you know, something like that. And even the same with meat. I've noticed before when you tell people that that meat, that's a 
that's a muscle that's a chunk of muscle from the animal they're like oh really <laughs> well <laughs> I mean, animals muscle organ oh, yeah, meat was really popular in the 1940s and 50s the government really tried to push push all that during the war during the wars because yeah there wasn't enough meat actually out there to sustain the population right. so our parents like my parents grew up on organ meat that was a mm-hmm. normal thing and our grandparent right that yeah. was a normal thing to have in the household mm-hmm. nowadays people don't want like that because it's an organ mm-hmm. but there's nothing wrong with that organ, yeah. right it's no, actually full totally. of nutrients it's full of minerals mm-hmm. it's really healthy for you yeah. they actually did a study if a person eats organ meat like once every couple months mm-hmm. they're going to feel a lot better yeah right oh, but totally, yeah. a lot of people that they don't like that they don't like how it came from the animal mm-hmm. and they some of them people are just grossed out but i'll tell you heart is damn tasty oh, oh man <laughs> heart meat is like heart is there. like yeah to me heart is like it's like whatever animal you're eating all the like great tastes of it is all in yeah. the heart like the best cut on a on a cow for example the heart will taste like that yeah same thing with the deer that like all the richness all that good flavor it's all in the heart it has a slightly different texture than the fibers of the muscle but uh it's yeah i fully agree it's uh, the tastiest it's often the tastiest part of the animal yeah and the nice part is um when you process your own food and you, I know a lot of people don't keep their organ meats because mm-hmm. if they don't like them. Me, for example, I, I'm not a fan of organ meat. If I eat it, you know, a plate of liver to me is the most disgusting thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like heart, I'll have sometimes. But yeah. um, for the people that don't like the taste of it, I just grind it up with my regular meat. Like, yeah. I, yeah. You, if it's part of your burger, you won't even taste it. You're still getting... Uh, totally, yeah. You know, you're still getting the nutritional value. You said, you said how nutritious it was and... Uh, you, you can't taste that it's in yeah. there but yeah you're still getting all the goods out of it so nutrients. that's yeah, that's that, a good point i've heard a lot of people say that actually mm-hmm. that's that for me works because i like i said i don't like liver i don't like the taste of it or if it's on my frying pan it's yeah it leaves that taste on there i find yeah. i don't know no thanks well we'll have to, we'll have to get into uh this at an, this at another time like how uh how to you know processing it uh different ways to uh to make it and uh how you can properly use the whole of the animal um without having to discard like much of any of it you know the bones you know dog food whatever um so i don't want to go down that one too far right now uh but one other question uh, we talked a lot about deer we talked a bit about um pigs has any of you guys ever uh, bow shot a bear bow shot a bear no 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 no, no. I've, I've shot one with a gun but yeah uh not with a bow yeah we've had bear meat in the house um spring bear is definitely tastier than fall bear yeah okay um, well it all depends on what the bear has been eating like we had one bear it was it was it was all right and then we had another bear it did not smell good at all like yeah. it stunk up the whole house yeah so yeah. it comes down to what that bear has been eating right like okay uh my wife's uncles they've hunted bear up on the coast there and they they'll tell you like it's the the meat's almost blue because they're eating all those blueberries and blackberries. Oh, right? interesting. You yeah. know, it's got a different flavor. Where you get a, a bear that's been eaten on salmon all the time, it's going to smell like fish. Like, mm-hmm. here, yeah, it's going to be a whole other ballgame, right? Interesting. Well, yeah. do you guys, are you guys planning a, a bear bull hunt at all? Or would Actually, you do it? Actually, yeah. Um, I'm planning on going out to Manitoba this year, this spring. I was hoping on anyway to hunt with my buddy there. He's, uh, he's got some cornfields out there where yeah. I hunt. So. Okay. He's, uh, He's been bragging about the the meat, how good it tastes. Actually, he used to bring it to work, so I've had a few pieces. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So, if you if you get a chance to eat a bear that's out of a cornfield, huh? Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I be never good. seen I never see a bear much uh, as a as as a food for myself because they're so high on the food chain. I I typically um, I'm, I'm not against it, I, but I don't. I'd almost hunted more for the fur. Yeah, it, it's or, like or eating, for the for the, the the adrenaline or the adventure. Yeah. It's like eating pig, like wild boar. It's, it's the same. Uh, yeah, thing I find. true. Yeah, just getting over the burden that you're eating a beer eating bear. Eating, yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. And with bear, you gotta be careful too. You have to cook at a really high temperature. Okay. Right? Yeah, because it yeah. carries certain disease, and if you don't cook that meat properly, you're gonna get yeah you're gonna get that. It's not a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, when you guys get that. Uh, uh, bear hunt in with the bow maybe we'll have you get back on and uh, talk a little like bit it. about that experience <laughs> I like it for sure um, but I think that's uh, pretty much it for today 
Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot just listening to you guys. It sounds like it's pretty cool. Um, it's it's neat hearing you guys talk about hunting versus a lot of other people I've heard who are rifle hunters. You seem a lot more um, engaged in the process of it, and I think that's pretty neat. I imagine on some level it satisfies you in a way similar to the way uh, you feel sitting around a campfire or something where there's that just something about it that is primally satisfying and I think about bow hunting I imagine it gives you a similar kind of feeling um, because it goes so long so far back in human history you know um, people have been hunting with bows as far back in human civilizations as historians have been able to find you know since people figured out that you could get a strong stick and make a primitive bow that's been the weapon of choice and for thousands of years getting that animal what meant eating and yeah. for a lot of tribes that meant survival so I, it seems to me like it would be ingrained in our dna on some level that there's a there's a certain amount of excitement that comes from getting that animal with a bow and having like the whole process of stalking it and tracking it and having to be so close up to the animal to get the shot and everything it's just it seems like something humans evolved to want to do uh, on some level and a lot yeah. of people have gone away from that but if it, it seems yeah. like there's a really uh, a cool connection to just to what you guys are doing and it's really fascinating it's cool to hear about yeah yeah, I think you're so right. It's uh, it, it is some, one of the things that has gotten lost with uh, modern trends, or or just simply uh, um, industrialization. You have know, processing meats, growing growing meats, that kind of stuff. But I think yeah, even if it's been gone for generations, and you go back to it, it's it's still in there. Like it's still it's still something. Like it's so grounding. I feel to be able to you know draw back a a bow in front of an animal or just doing the experience it's something that really takes us back to our roots even if you know for a few generations it's uh it's been absent yeah it's man it, you know you said it it's pretty much as natural as you can get it um besides you know the bows that they make these days they're so far advanced but um, yeah e either way it, it's still one of those things that we have that our ancestors did and you know it, it takes you back so far that there's not a lot of things that we do that our ancestors still do in this world and like i i just take pride in uh, being a bow hunter that's yeah, why yeah. i love to do it 100%. yeah i agree like there it, there is definitely something like you were saying lucas just that connection just like sitting on a campfire there's something just satisfying and calming and um yeah just uh, puts a smile on my face knowing that i'm still able to do something that way back when they were still doing right mm -hmm. mike said technology's changed it's got a little more advanced but uh other than that it's uh just being out there with the bow in the bush it, it makes you feel it makes you feel pretty good yeah absolutely yeah. that's awesome awesome well uh we're looking forward to uh next hunting season as i'm sure you guys are oh always, counting down always. the days practicing every day still man yeah a lot awesome. of scouting a lot yeah. of planning involved so Cool. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's been a blast having you guys on here today, and uh, thank you again for taking the time for this. And uh, we'll uh, have to have you back sometime to talk about a couple more aspects of um, hunting and the primal aspects of uh, harvesting your own meat. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. We'll be thank happy to come back. I think. Thanks for having us, yeah. guys. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Tune in next time for more Primal Conversations.